Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 188. I made a special request that we have mugs, um, not plastic cups. Oh, nice. So, because I give a shit. Yes, I do feel, um, I feel more of a grown-up. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, also, these robin eggs from from the Whoppers family will make a grown-up as well. Um, two, one. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and we're be- we become one of those people that proselytize about intermittent fasting. And <laughs> if you've heard my fucking speech about it, I am so sorry. Um, I'm, Ma? I, you know what? I, <laughs> did, I, did I forward the intermittent fasting piece that was circulating heavily on the New York Times? I did, I did. Um, it really... It felt right, and I'm sorry I've become one of those people. And I don't even know how I've become... I'm not even fasting all the time. You know what I mean? It's not something I do all the time. It's just like something I've done that I think is just a genius. I'm, I do I'm it by very, accident. I'm, right, I'm sorry, right, right. I'm interrupting your intro. Uh, well, this is such a serious intro. It really... I need to be able to go through it. Uh, at any rate, you guys, today we're going to talk about... Um, did I say I'm Nagin Farsad? I don't know if I said it. You've been like, who the fuck is talking? We subscribe to this podcast, but we don't even know who the fuck this bitch is. Okay, I'm Nagin Farsad. Uh, today, we're going to talk about, I'm really sorry about this, guys, the debate. Because, and here's the worst news, the campaigns are still happening. They're for fucking ever. For the rest of our lives, we're going to be in this campaign. It's, I don't and remember a time before the campaign. I don't remember either. I, we I'm were going. born here. Uh, I, was a, I was young and innocent then, and it's like <laughs> the memories are gone. Um, but at any rate, oh, in nine months, we're going to give birth to this election baby. <laughs> it's either going to be an actual, like, lovely little baby. But or I'm drinking a- every day. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Baby's not fine. Or it'll be like a pile of ash. You know what I mean? And that's really... Did that get dark? I feel like it did. We're also going to talk about the uh, post-impeachment presidency of Donnie Dirtbag. And finally, the strong female lead. What if we don't want him anymore? Gaster, you'll weigh in. Okay. (laughs) No, but hilariously, you will. That's what I love about this show. I like to make men uncomfortable with talking about women. Um, Okay. Uh, It's a hobby of mine, too. I'm with it. I'm with it. 
Um, okay, I'm so excited by today's panel. You already heard me like referring to a veteran of Fake the Nation. He's a comedian that we love. You can see him on two seasons worth of This Is Not Happening. Um, he's just so uh, on Comedy Central, if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's actually one of my favorite Comedy Central shows, so look it up. Uh, and you guys, it's Gastor Almonte. How you doing? Um, you guys, uh, joining me and Gastor uh, on the third leg of this uh, election podcast stool is um, comedian. Uh, oh, I, I mean, I've seen her perform so many times. I've known her for years. She's fucking. I've seen her fucking obliterate slaughter rooms like an Elizabeth Warren. You guys, <laughs> oh, she's stop, I stop mean, it right now. That was a compliment. No Whoa. one's ever put ether on a backing track to my comedy. That is Whoa. my new goal. <laughs> that is high praise, right? That was my a compliment. Goodness. You guys, she uh, you should definitely and immediately download her album, Hard Pass, available wherever comedy albums are sold. It is Katie Kampa. Hey, Katie. Hello, Nagin. Thank you so much for having me. Um, guys, let's talk about um, topic number one. Oh, the thing is, the debates riled me up so hard last night. I could not, I go, could to sleep. not go to sleep. <laughs> I had a hard time going to sleep. It was so much. It was so much. Dramatic democracy happening. It was insane. Mud slinging, but it was like the most colorful mud. I don't know what. Who? Just quickly, uh, or not quickly. Take your times, guys. Who won? Who lost? Feelings. I think it's easily worn. I, I watched the recap, so I'm watching it at like five in the morning, and I woke up both of my kids yelling at the TV. I was like, "Talk that shit!" Yes, that's yes. what I'm talking about. She went off. Like by the end of it, I was fully expecting her to clap between each word. I was like, "You are bodying it right now. Well done." Yeah, I, I, and also just in general, I know we're not like pro bullying anymore, but it was cool to watch everybody just like go off on one dude. Mm-hmm. It was great because he deserves it. He has no it. business being there. Yeah, Get, like they are talking about Trump. Bloomberg. You're a Republican. Yes, we're talking we about it's Bloomberg. Uh, let quickly let me point out one of the very first moments Elizabeth Warren um, just fucking gave uh, gave Bloomberg the business. That was when she just she said something like. Um, you know, is um, he calls let's women talk about fat our broad. Let's talk about yeah. our opponent. He calls women fat broads and horse faced lesbians. <laughs> Who did he say that about? I am so I missed curious. That one. Um, I mean, I'm not curious. I'm just like, what was the I'm, scenario? I'm pretty curious. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know more. Yeah. yeah. That and then I need uh, her home address and email so I can join her squad. <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, remarkable. And he was like, and I'm not, ta- she said, I'm not talking about Trump, I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. Uh, and then she bars. just was I know. like, oh, Yo, totally. It was, right it was just, it was, that was like minute two, guys. Yeah, it was minute two. It was the first time she talked. Of the debate. And she, and she, and she, and she rounded up real nicely by saying, like, we're in real trouble if we replace an arrogant billionaire with an arrogant billionaire. Yes. A competent, arrogant billionaire? Then we're really in trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Uh, so, so, uh, so she, okay, so she clearly won. And Pete, look. I didn't bring you guys on here to be pro-Warren. It just so happens very few people come on this show who are not pro-Warren. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly I didn't go into it like having someone to root yeah, for. Yeah. I just uh, she won, she like just she won. crushed. Yeah. I don't see how you see that and don't just see like yo, she just threw like thirty haymakers on his. Yeah, dude. she ran the whole thing. Yeah, they were she all the coming after her, and she was like yards ahead of them, just untouchable. Katie, talk to me about Bloomberg and why or why not uh, he should be on that. What a sentence! Why or why not <laughs> he should be on that stage? Uh, a, I don't. I, I just think he is uh, he has no business trying to represent the people of America. He wants to represent the billionaires of America. And he got in the race because he's scared of Elizabeth Warren coming for his money. And he did it as a favor to Jeff Bezos. Am I correct? I think Jeff Bezos asked him to run. Oh, it, that's a little part of the story I didn't know. I'm pretty sure they had, they had a little chat about it at their, their billionaire conference. Oh, uh, you think they have like... Yeah, I think they're scared oh. of her. And it's, you know, I, like the media erasure thing of her is for real. And now they have no choice. They have to cover her because of what she did last night. Amen. Yeah, so. I mean, they acted like she wasn't even in the New Hampshire race. Did you read the article about um, the Wall Street Journal poll where they just didn't pull her at all in head to head? I mean, they picked what? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, don't fucking do that to E-dubs because she will fucking bite you. Yeah. They learned yesterday. 
Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. Um, the so so what what do you think of the the Bloomberg phenomenon? Because we essentially spent a week talking about a guy who wasn't even on the next two um, election ballots um, in Idaho and South Carolina. The, he got such a media bump. I mean, this is what makes me so angry. We're talking, it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you talk about a guy like he's a real competitor, he suddenly becomes a real competitor. Whereas before the last 10 days, we weren't talking about Bloomberg that way. So he was just sort of an afterthought. I uh, What happened? And then w- why did it happen? <laughs> Basically, I mean. Okay. Nah, I, I just it shows you the power of three hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it comes down to to me. Like this guy is just outspending any news that you could put out there. We have so many people giving firsthand uh, experience, quoting uh, data of what he did while he was mayor here, and it's not outdoing three hundred million dollars. People are advocating, saying, "Hey, we dealt with this guy doing stop and frisk and giving uh, showing what that led to." But he can outspend that. And that, that's what I get from it. Like, whatever you have to say, if you have $300 million, you can change the message. It's funny because a lot of the the reporting was sort of like, oh, uh, he's he's spending $300 million on ads. Let's write an article about how he's spending so much money on ads. And so it became this, it sort of like became a snowball um, of just people talking about him when the, where the root thing they were talking about is is just how much money he's spending, not anything real about him as a candidate or, you know, it, it, and it somehow seemed, let's talk about the sexism which came up um, and the, you know, the, the Me Too movement. How do you think he handled that? I, I think this kind of ties in with why he's suddenly being taken seriously. It's people are scared to run a woman. Because yeah. there's this whole conversation about can a woman win? And I'm like, well, the last one did. So, yeah, I think a woman can probably win. <laughs> and she, this hasn't, this one hasn't had 25 years of, like, right-wing conspiracy against her. Which, right. You know, uh, I'm, I take a little bit of that personally, and I can admit that. Um, the Me Too thing, I do not think he handled it well. And her asking him to release those women from their NDAs was so baller. Oh <laughs> Yeah, Elizabeth Warren. Just he's not going like, to do are it. You, he's are you going to say on national television that they're released from their NDAs? I mean, she really, and then it was a pile-on yep. of like, yeah, are you going to do it? I, I don't think he expected to get there and have them rip him to shreds the way that they did. <clears throat> like, I'm sure even his debate prep was like, great job, Mike. You're really going to go in there and sell it, you know, like. No, buddy. Everybody's yeah. on to you. Yeah. He's got terrible people by him, by the way. I would think those are the only two questions he knew were coming. Yeah. I mean, how did he not? I also think he handled the stop and first question terribly. Yeah. He, he, he didn't even tout anything else about his administration. Like, you didn't get the sense. What from, does he have to tout? Um, this is like kind of his signature thing. You know, look, he has some public health stuff that he can tap. The soda? Not the soda. I'm the still smoke, mad about the soda. <laughs> the smoking ban. The smoking ban. Um, you know, he has a lot of stuff that he's done post-mayoralty with gun violence that he can tout. Um, you know, and it's interesting because he basically mentioned none of it. Yeah. It, it was the oddest performance. It was like, what do you, are we here to just like get acquainted with what your face looks like? Because like, you should say something. And he know? almost still justified the stop and frisk. He was like, we started with this number. I went after for safety. I did it the wrong way, but we still dropped it to 300 though. Like right. he still like almost tried to justify the one thing that everyone was criticizing him for. I, I was blown away by it. And right. to your point, never brought in any other alternative things uh, yeah, that he's and he done kept, well. And he kept saying I I'm I'm I feel embarrassed. I thought that was a poor use of words. I'm embarrassed by how it turned out. You should really feel worse. Do, do human rights violations make you embarrassed? Is that the like how bad it gets for you is embarrassment? Yes, that is how bad it gets for him. You I mean the shame He's and the, uh Jesus Christ, right? It's like it's crazy and and the you know the interesting thing about the stop and frisk again E-dubs for the win, mm-hmm. she pointed out, you're sorry about the results. You're not sorry about the intent. Uh, and she really broke it down what, you know, what what a real apology might look like uh, when it comes to this. Is like, You need to recognize that the intent um, was grievous. Uh, forget the fucking results, you know? And um, 
Yeah. I, I mean, she she really she really won on that point as well. He couldn't even argue a question that he knew from a mile away was coming. Yeah. Also, you know, and the and the question about the the women, you know, it's I you need to have a more th- look. I think there's a way to rhetorically get yourself out a lot Absolutely. of these messes. I've seen it done. Nah. Right. He didn't do it. None he didn't it. do it. Um, now let's talk about the guy that's won the most votes in the last two primaries, Bernie Sanders. Um, how did he fare? I thought he did fine. <laughs> no. Good for him, you know? <laughs> he sort of, it's funny because people are like, oh, he came out unscathed. Um, you know, I would say, yeah, but he also wasn't even, he's never scathed or unscathed. Yeah, he's just he, sort of like on a guy MSNBC talking. was like, he just is always the same. So he's good at debating because he never has to defend changing a position because he never has. <laughs> he's almost, he's almost like so good at debating that he's terrible and by which I mean like there's <laughs> by which I mean, well put <laughs> like a question comes at him and he knows he's going to pivot to talking points so he'll be like well the thing is and the real question and then you just he just goes into talking points right that we've all heard a million times um it's almost gotten to the point where he doesn't even do the pivot part he just starts answering his own question and uh and so it's like I, I I kind of tune him out and I feel like a lot of people it's sort of easy to tune him out because you've heard exactly the exact same thing that he's going to say um, and that you know and there's a lot of anger against millionaires and billionaires um, There, it, it's always light on details of how he would get things done he's, that's, that's my he's that's committed my to being light on details I mean he's like it's so funny to be so hardcore about being light on details. You know well, what I mean? it's just like he—he's here to say this is how things should be, and it's not that I disagree with that's how things should be, but I don't believe that he's going to push it through. I don't think Mitch McConnell is going to let him get anything done. Right. I mean, I want to hear you know, and the thing with with Warren is uh, like the wealth tax. She. This is what it's called. It's called a wealth tax. This is what it's going to do. And this is what it's going to fund. It takes less than 45 seconds or whatever she had to say that. Uh, and I was like, thank you. That was a detail that mm-hmm. I needed. Thanks a lot. Thank no. you. Um, and and even like, you know, and, and, and people, it's weird because they both have a Medicare for all plan, but she's the one that's expected to have details. Anyway, sexism, it's fun. <laughs> it's great. Um, <laughs> what a ride. <laughs> Um, let's talk about, okay, so, so Bernie, do you think anything has changed for him substantively? Uh, I, I don't think anything will. I think right now you're watching a guy that like, he's like winning the football game. He's just playing prevent defense. He just, he's just making sure I don't lose as no, opposed yes, to trying to win. I, I understand that she pretends. <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 no, I see what you mean. Um, and the one thing that they did bring up was about his, Supporters, some of his supporters, a minority of his supporters, I would like to emphasize, can be like shit balls. Yeah, and um, a minority, guys, not hashtag not all Bernie fans. Don't um, email Nagin. I know because I super. <laughs> I, I try and like start every. Don't tweet, tweet her with, saying LMAO. Whatever else you have to say, <laughs> they're coming for you. Um. So so, what did you? Like, you know, he was asked about his supporters and why some of them can be so uh, cruel. And what did you think of his answer? I I think he kind of just passed the buck. And I wish he would say, like, it would be important to me for my supporters to be kind and inclusive and try to bring people over to your way of thinking instead of just, like, ridiculing everybody else's point of view and acting like just because they don't support, like, your Lord and Savior Bernie that they're not for m for I am for m for I don't think Bernie can do it. Right. I want an executive who can do it. Right, right. Because at a certain point, it's literally about opening, you know, taking the quill and the paper and like fucking writing a spreadsheet. And, and negotiating like and, and trying negotiating. to get people over to your way of thinking. That's yeah. what that's like the big the biggest thing in politics is trying to bring people over to your way of thinking. Yeah. And yeah. you're you're attempting to be a leader. I'd like for you to take ownership of the people that you're exactly. leading. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's something, you know, people to judge pointed out um, is like, you know, you have to ask, why is this behavior coming from your campaign and not others? Uh, and, you know, he had a, he had a surrogate on TV talking about um, birtherism, the birtherism claim of like when people are asking, you know, people who are asking for his health records, it's it's the equivalent of birtherism, which it is 
not the equivalent. Certainly of not. It is absolutely <laughs> he not. Factually, that. had a heart attack. Yeah. Let's also all the candidates <laughs> fucking give us your fucking medical records. You know, yeah. not trying to even single but anyone also, out. Also, why did you say you were going to give us your medical records if you weren't going to give us your medical records? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just say I'll I'll like have my doctors check me out and I'll report back? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to do this to yourself. Exactly. And the the like. Well, this is a stupid hill to die on. I'm like, who are we talking about dying? Not me. It's not my hill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about Amy and Pete. Okay. Uh, they were like in a little bit of a oh, riff. She hates him. Oh my God. She hates him so much. I can't believe they put her next to him. She like really was about to lose it. She was. I was too. I don't like him. I do like seeing like younger siblings fight. That was really yeah. cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, everybody the... can't be as perfect as you, Pete. I was like, ah. she literally said that. I'm sorry, people. Everyone can't be as perfect as you. It was something like that. Oh, you trying to call me stupid? Yeah. Uh, I've broken up that yes. fight this morning with my kids. That was awesome. <laughs> Actually, I thought that was the the moderator's worst moment of the night is bringing up a question where in some interviews she forgot the name of the president of Mexico. I mean, guys, that's a terrible question because she does not have a track record of forgetting shit. Yeah. She does not have a track record of being, uh, uh, you know, embarrassing in public or do, you know, or any or being incompetent or um, ju- again, being embarrassing the way our fucking current president is yeah. like what? she forgot someone. She could name. throw 85 binders at me. In the White House. I don't care. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not even going to vote for her in the primary. But, you know, any fucking clown 2020. <laughs> if it's not Warren. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's asking that question is a, is a low blow. It's irrelevant. And I was really disappointed that that mm-hmm. even came up. And good on Elizabeth Warren for coming to her defense in that. Because that took up, like, a couple minutes yeah. of Pete being like, well, why can't you remember? Like, uh, sir, it's important. You claim you to speak remember. eight languages, and you can't remember like two of them. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you forget no, words too. Okay, it's true, and it's and then E Dubs again. I'm sorry, but she defended Klobuchar better than Klobuchar. I Klobuchar defend- was going to cry. Yeah, at that moment. Yes. I really, really, I think she bit her lip because she was trying not to cry because she was so grateful. Yeah. And also, it's funny, like, Warren has consistently, like, been nice about stuff with Amy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they're buds or whatever on the Senate floor. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought that moment was really, I thought everything between them was really difficult to watch and just a fascinating train wreck. Um, and I think they didn't help each other. You know, I don't know that anyone came out of the... I mean, I think Amy just has consistently been smarter and more confident, obvi- competent and obviously more... Uh, has more experience, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I think, you know, in a Pete and Amy... I mean, they had they brought up an essay contest that Pete won in the year 2000. Yeah, that's, that's so, like... So okay, cute. sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> I also I take such issue with him being like I'm the only one on this stage that's not a millionaire yeah you're 30 years younger than everybody else on the stage you have your whole earning future is ahead of you okay we all know you're gonna get lots of money after this whether or not you win right. and then you'll be a, bil- a millionaire so shut up also you, know? you worked at, at McKinsey McKinsey yeah McKinsey, McKinsey. Yeah. I always mess that up uh, so you're not like you exactly. know what I mean? You weren't like hoeing the field. You're no everyman. You're not struggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's be real, mm. buddy. Um, okay. So, uh, I don't know. I think uh, that's – did we cover everybody? Uh, we missed uh, Biden, but I think that's oh. appropriate. <laughs> oh, no. Look at that. <laughs> Remember when he was like, can I say something? Can I, can I have a, I'm sir? I'm still here. Yeah. No, the fun, the fun part, Biden's little fun interjection when they were talking about the president of Mexico was like, I'm the only one on the stage that's actually met the guy and negotiated with him for the record. I was like, hey, well done. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have a bad night. No, he didn't. He was not. I, if it's him, you know, fine. Fine, fine, fuck, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I think, uh, you know, he might, he may win South Carolina. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I want to point out 
fuck what Nevada thinks, fuck what South Carolina thinks, fuck what the states of Super Tuesday think. By the way, by Super Tuesday, only a third of the nation will have voted. I cannot Do believe not. we're still doing this. I know. I continue to be in uh, uh, disbelief, utter disbelief and shock. Um, but again, don't, I want you not to care. Unless those people drop out of the race, I want you not to care what any of those states are thinking unless, you know, you're voting. I okay boomered my mom over this. (laughs) (laughs) I've never done that. I didn't think I would have to. She was like, oh, well, I mean, Elizabeth Warren's campaign, obviously over. And I just took a beat and then I was like, okay, boomer. And (laughs) she kind of didn't react, but then she brought it up later. So it was like, ah, so it hit home. Okay. Yeah, 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 nice. Um, Yeah, Elizabeth Warren's campaign. Definitely not over. Mm-hmm. Guys, nah. definitely not over. All right. We will uh, continue to keep tabs on what's going on. Um, How can we help it? Because it's a part of our, because it's the rest of our we lives. We are awake during the day. Yeah, yeah. It. It's just what's happening. Um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about, I'm really sorry, Trump. It's okay. It's okay. going so well. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by Prose. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care, I tried the skin care just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, the other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, mm, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, And this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation will be taken off. That's Pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So, pros.com slash fake the nation. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things. And I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several 
months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket Money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and Rocket Money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door, and then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple, and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. <laughs> so they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. There are no fuss, no mess meals. Um, they eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, you can customize your weekly meals. Uh, with flexibility, you can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've, pa I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation50 at factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. You guys, first he ousted impeachment trial witnesses like Colonel, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, then his brother, um, and then the EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland, and then he obstructed justice by 
justice by asking for a lighter sentence for Roger Stone. And now, now, he's pardoned or commuted the sentences of a bunch of criminals like Bernie Carrick, Michael Milken, and Rod Blagojevich. Um, look, we don't need to spend too much time talking about this guy. Um, but it is our justice system. So just w- what are your thoughts on uh, on this week's pardon and purge? Uh, I fluctuate so insanely hard between our democracy will be saved and our democracy is about to be destroyed forever. Yeah. And that these kinds of pardons are just like, oh, okay. so mm, rich white men only care about themselves and each other. And that's what this country was founded on. And that's where we're headed again. So what's really fun, I mean, especially about pardoning someone like Blagojevich, you know, um, we've had the occasion now to rehear the tapes of him trying to sell Obama's Senate seat. That's, by the way, what he was convicted for. Um, And there's tapes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like he's an actual criminal. No one's like debating whether or not he's like, you know, he's like just straight up. There are tapes. He's a criminal. (laughs) And he is so it's so weird to 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 pardon someone like that. No, it's 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 not unless you are someone like that. I, I every single thing that they've done, you can find an example of what he's done. Right. You know, and it, it's just scary that, like, his moral compass is there where he's like, nah, not all of this is cool because I do it. You know what I mean? It's peace. But uh, just in case y'all still don't like any of these things, I'm a part of these three black people, too, just so that y'all could talk about that. Right. It, it, it's it's hurtful. Um, I want to point out as well that family members of one of the pardonees, uh, a guy named Paul Pogue, his very, very wealthy family put, I think it was over $200,000 into the Trump campaign Oof. just as a, as a oh, little run-up yeah. run to the these place. pardons. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah. It's, and it's funny because that's not even the headline news. That should be the headline yeah. news. Yeah. The headline but, news is Trump pardons uh, someone who gave who is giving campaign donations. I mean, welcome to late-stage capitalism. Money can buy anything. That's where we're at. And it's like I, I, the thing that creeps me out is like because we have all this technology now, we can catch people doing things and show people what they're doing. Um, now the move is to just be like, yeah, it's fine that I did it. Yeah. Why are you being so emotional? Why and, are you getting so upset? And he's even pointed out that anyone who had Comey as a prosecutor um, is fair game for a pardon. Uh, so he's sort of using it because he's like Comey is corrupt. So that's why, you know, kind of using that um, thinking. Uh, and I, I want to also point out Michael Milken because I, you know, I wasn't super aware of like what he had done. I just knew him as a name, a financial yeah. crime name. Um, and and he just very clearly, um, you know, did a bunch of uh, fraud and um, sorry, what did he specific? He was charged with insider trading in the eighties. Um, so he's charged with insider trading. Two years into his prison term, um, I think he got like maybe ten years or something. Two years in, he was released, um, and he faced a lifetime ban on deal making. But that didn't mean that he actually stopped deal making. For the record, he negotiated a seven point five billion dollar deal for um, for the sale of Time Warner in nineteen ninety six on behalf of his friend Ted Turner. Um, and he personally collected $50 million for that deal. And then in, in 98, he agreed to pay $47 million to settle a Security and Exchange Commission complaint that he had violated the ban. I mean, he clearly violated the ban. But for the record, $47 million was nothing to him. This guy has been earning he, – he's worth a shitload of money. He has the Milken Institute. Um, he's been trying to repair his reputation for many, many years. In some ways, I think – What's strange about some of these pardons, like the Milken pardon, is he has just moved on. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He's like, this rich is actually and like, he's moved hey, could on. you like keep my name out of this? You right. Know? Like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, that he's wanted this pardon and that others have like, you know, been advocating for his pardon. But 
I don't, why would you even pardon someone who's already rich, already moved on, has already like gone on to healing their reputation? Um, I wouldn't want a pardon from Trump, honestly. They're, <laughs> it's dirty goods. Unless, unless it's like, you no, know, unless yeah. it's Keep like, we get it from a real president. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, and it's interesting. I remember when Bill Clinton pardoned um, the feuded billionaire Mark Rich on his last day in office. I mean, he got a lot of flack for that. I remember that. Yeah. I even remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big deal. I mean, I mean, that's the only reason I know the name Mark mm-hmm. Rich, you know. Um, George W. Bush, or sorry, George H.W. pardoned an Iran-Contra felon. Uh, I didn't know that. No, actually. me neither. Uh, I mean, I was a child, but still. Was it Oliver North? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just saying things now <laughs> that with the very, very just surface level information. Um, OK, so I guess my question here is um, he's also there's been 2000 former Justice Department employees who signed a public letter objecting to his intervention and ask and, and urging for the res- resignation of Barr. Barr has come out with an interesting line of like he's sort of been like these tweets make who my job impossible. Who does he think he's fooling? <laughs> I know. Come on. If you wanted, if you were not okay with this, like, what did you think? You were going to be the Trump whisperer? You were going to be the special one that could keep him in line? (laughs) Has anyone ever been able to do that? It's never happened. Right, right. Attorney General Droopy Dog. Like, get over yourself. He's going to be the one. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, is it. is, are, we're just, I guess, I, th- I think in your in your case of like, is democracy, can it be saved or is it just totally crumbling this week? I mean, is it a democracy? We live in a republic. We keep talking about how this is a democracy, but it's not. And in, in a democracy, the popular vote winner gets office. Yeah. This yeah. is not a democracy. Yeah. Um, and I got I got eerily quiet. That's right. so that I can say to the republic. I, uh, <laughs> that soul a little bit. I know. <laughs> I feel wounded. Ooh. Um, I do you feel like there's a a chance that he could ever be impeached again for these obviously continued impeachable yeah. crimes? Yeah, I think we should be doing that now. I, I don't understand why there haven't been new articles of impeachment drafted. I mean, politically, it would be a disaster. I think that's why you know because it just makes us look. It makes Democrats look crazy. I don't think so. I like impeaching somebody for a blowjob makes one party look crazy, and it's not the Democrats. I mean, we're impeaching for actual crimes. It's supposed to be a serious thing, and Republicans act like it's not a serious thing this time, but they impeached for a blowjob. So who are they to talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. If we started impeaching for serious things until we got to the blowjobs, <laughs> then I think that'd be a little much. That but... would be like maybe centuries to get there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I like how it's you see these things. Between... I like how you th- see these things on a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one end blowjobs, uh, the other end high crimes. Um, so I guess uh, I'm I'm curious to know from listeners, like, do you think that we should be restarting? If I mean, and I, again, I don't know if this is this is the kind of thing um, that rises to the level of impeachment. Again, obstructing in a case, it's like, yeah, it's not. Gr- it's I think a, any Republican would say it's not great, but you know, it's not impeachable. Um, Republicans have been very quiet. Some of a couple of Republicans have been like, oh yeah, like some of these pardons are like untoward. Um, but, uh, the part the big problem is that he's got hundreds of members of Congress just sitting around allowing it, um, and not saying a word. So I feel like that complicity is what's making everything, uh, I mean, they could have had Pence. Yeah. Why not just have Pence? Give us Pence, you know? Yeah, he's I would not even rather... competent enough for me to be afraid of. Right. I would rather have him. I would just so rather. Every Republican would rather have him. Yeah. He's not competent enough. He's quiet. Yep. You know what I mean? He'll do what they it's want. Right. Yeah. A quiet, incompetent guy mm-hmm. who doesn't tweet that much? Fuck yeah. yeah. Dream world. Secretly gay. I mean. I am so much there. <laughs> You know that he's like writing a solo show about coming out every night. At <laughs> I wish he would. He's just It'll be like, good for his soul. He's like got a black box in the vice president's uh, again quarters, <laughs> where he just like performs monologues to himself. <laughs> that is Pence's a secret whole black life. box theater. Awesome. It's just him and right. mother. You know, <laughs> an audience of one. Pence has Mother's a like giving account. him notes. <laughs> 
I love and, it. And the Secret Service. Um, <laughs> they have to oh, buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, you know, he's he's like, I only want Secret Service with MFAs. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is actually a requirement for the Secret Service. I don't know if you... <laughs> oh, you haven't gone to UCB? Not, no. Sorry. <laughs> Can't. Not even 101? Get what? out of here. Come on. How did you get the interview? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, me, 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 me. That's Pence. Okay. Um, you guys, let us move on to topic number three. Okay. So we read a piece called I Don't Want to Be the Strong Female Lead by the writer and actor Britt Marling. You might know of her because of her movies Another Earth and The Sound of My Voice or her Netflix series oh, The OA. Um, in the piece, she argues that, quote, what we really mean when we say we want strong female leads is, give me a man, but in the body of a woman I still want to see naked. Um, do you guys know Burt Marling from before this piece? I yeah. You did? I watched the pilot of the OA, and I was like, what is this show? And I didn't finish it. Oh, it's But this piece fun. resonated very strongly with the me. The OA yeah. is phenomenal. Is it? No. I was completely like, what's it's, happening? No, I know. you. It is what's happening. And then episode two and three, you're like, oh, fuck. Holy I mean, shit. Mind-bending right. shit. After yeah. I finish my Korean detective show, I'll give it another shot. <laughs> okay, okay. No, and also, um, this is like going to sound like a weird brag or whatever, but like another Earth I think we were on the festival circuit together um, because I'm also a filmmaker. And uh, I've Flex. made some, some, Flex. some feature films. It's okay. Subtle. It's okay. And, you know what I mean? um, On the side, I do a whole other career. You know what I mean? Uh, Third Street Black House is available on Amazon. Anyway, so as the Muslims are coming. What? There's more than one. Anyway, um, my point is... Me and Britt Marling. I think we were on the on the festivals record, and I and I that's where I saw um, another Earth, and I just immediately fell in love with this really f- fantastic film. And I've also seen A-O? Sound of My Voice, <laughs> not O A. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Seeing a theme. That is some real <laughs> high-level joke-making by Katie Kampa, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please edit is, that out. Thank you. I, I remember hearing <laughs> <laughs> that it – please leave that in. Thank you. Um, I remember uh, hearing about Brit because we're buds uh, from the festival circuit. Not really. She's never met me. Um, <laughs> that, my, my good friend Brit. Do you watch The Good Place? You're, you're being very Tahani right now. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> In a good way. Um, so – the thing with Brit is she sta- She was auditioning doing like, you know, girl who dies on page two uh, horror movie like auditions and not getting them, you know. Uh, and it's interesting because because she's a pretty girl, right? Like she's a pretty lady, like she's blonde and has all of the features that you want in a, in a leading woman. Um, and so she would get auditions. I was on those same acting couches, not getting those parts. I was getting like hilarious best friend who fucking does a fart. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> and so, and, and also not getting those mine are more because of like brown lady issues. Um, and, uh, and I think, um, and 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 so she started making these movies on her own with uh, um, Rostam. No, that's the Vampire Weekend guy. I think they're brothers. Doesn't matter. Her 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 partner in crime, um, and uh, and and I think. Um, when when she said this this statement about you know what we really mean when we want to see a strong female lead is give me a man in the body of a woman we still want to see naked I mean that has felt true yeah for years it's felt true in the post Me Too movement it felt it's just e- even in 2020 that's still kind of what we're seeing when we're talking about a strong female lead Do you remember when the Dalai Lama said that if there was a woman Dalai Lama she would have to be good looking and everybody like tried to bite his head off and I was like but do you not see that that is 100% true. Nobody wants to listen to a woman unless she's pretty. Yeah. And you and I are both very lucky. Um, <laughs> That's why I've been quiet most um, of the time. I'm listening, you know? You're listening to us be pretty? Thank and, you. You know, crushing it. Um, I mean, right. Like, it's the it's the Charlize Theron is wielding a gun in a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. She made herself ugly. It's so heroic. Right, right. But in she, but she, and she's what, great. I'm a fan. Guys, like, no. once or twice she made herself. <laughs> yeah. And ugly is a strong word for what she did. <laughs> she just, like, wore a little less makeup and her hair was a little less combed. I don't know. The, Adri- the what's her name? Alien Warnos movie? She was pretty monster, monster. Yeah, monster, yeah, 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 yeah. She was, yeah. No, I know. Um, <laughs> 
okay. <laughs> but she was just like one facial away from being back no, to totally. gorgeous. No, totally. It was obviously prosthetics. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but that's the, I mean, I was watching, I, it, that shall remain nameless. I was watching a uh, TV show, um, as I do sometimes. It's not a big deal. When you're and, not filmmaking. <laughs> when I'm not making feature films. Um, I was watching a TV show and it was like a cop show. And um, it was like a mostly male cast and two women and the two cop women were fucking hot. Like banger bodies, like ridiculous hot ladies. And I was like, that's just not my experience with female cops here in New York City. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying female cops in New York City are ugly at all, but I'm just like, this version is not correct. They also are definitely not wearing the same outfits. Like, you could be hot and a New York City police officer, but you're not going to look hot in that outfit. No, you're not. You're going to look boxy. Which is the point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're going to look like you're also wearing some sort of padding underneath the mm-hmm. shirt. And 30 and pounds of equipment. Yeah. And you can tackle somebody because you've done it before. Yeah. yeah. I would hope. Um, it's going to be a fair jumper, but you know. So <laughs> we've seen these women. Um, and have you ever been like, oh, I mean, like, maybe in the beginning it was like, oh, cool. A woman is taking a guy out with a gun or whatever. Uh, it's cool every time I see that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That will never change. I don't care if she's pretty. I mean, I guess Gaster, from like, like, like young teenage Gaster knew. Yeah. Or did you know? Or what did you think when you saw that woman? You were like, oh, it's hot. She's, she's got muscles and she's murdering. Yeah. That was pretty much it. (laughs) You nailed it. Who was it? (laughs) All of them. Angelina? (laughs) Angelina would be up there. Uh, All of the X-Men characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they were deaf up there. Yeah. I I, I have no denial. Well, those outfits... Yeah. Well, and I, and the blue, I, the blue skin, incredible. And I Does it for me every time to, with Rebecca Romain underneath. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even mean to reduce it to just violent crime ladies. Um, I would say even in the intellectual arena, you look at someone like Megyn Kelly; she's gorgeous. We want intellect, um, and 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 she's. I would. She's a. She's. She's a good. Uh, argumenter. She's what? canny. Argumenter. <laughs> yeah, I said it. She's like savvy. She's I don't, savvy. I don't know. Megan Kelly in intellectual arena, not necessarily I words mean, I would put together normally, right. but I see where you're... But, but you see what I'm going with yes. here. Like we want, if we want to hear a woman talk mm-hmm. um, and, and like be a, a be perceived to have like a, a brain... Yep. We want her to look like Megyn Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, or or Diane Sawyer. Remember, Diane Sawyer was a fucking model. Yeah. And then became, uh, you know, a, a person in news. But, like, that's All those what, anchors were beautiful. I saw Joan London anchors? at the beach, like, last year, and she looks the same, and she's still beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they all have a thing that we're either comfortable with in some, you know, there's, like, a, a prettiness or, like, a... Or maybe there's like a, a nurturing thing, maybe. Um, I think it's like little woman, blonde, non threatening yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, That's yeah. why, I mean, like even Murphy Brown, who was like, you know, a fictional character, obviously, but like would go for the jugular all the time, but still blonde. I was in the mm. reboot of Murphy Brown. I know, Again, I saw it. not great. a big deal. <laughs> you can probably see it on iTunes. This segment has nothing to do with um, it at all. It's just, let's we flex on your resume. We can work. <laughs> So stupid. Um, uh, I mean, the first person I thought of, first show I thought of was Shameless. Like, it's a character that, you know, she's an anti-hero. And, you know, like, all the characters that I thought of that were like that, they were male. They're not good looking. Like, I thought of, like, Tony Soprano. Right, yes. You know, so, like, the same kind of character. Why can't I believe that a less attractive woman could play the same thing? You know. Uh, yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. On, on Shameless is a really good example because, again, we're looking at this different, you know. And it, Shameless, it was um, kind of, you know. It was like a frontier show in that like we don't we didn't normally see that kind of economic socioeconomic class, those kinds of like financial struggles. We don't that's not, you know, typically something we see on television, but it really did have to be encased in like a beautiful girl as the lead um, for us to buy it. I mean, William H. Macy was allowed to look like whatever. um, (laughs) But yeah, no, we're absolutely more comfortable. Um, You know, uh, Britt Marling talked about in the article um, that there is when she first had a job, I think it was like a fancy it was like a hedge fund or some kind of trading floor or something. 
thing. Um, the, she said the lone VP on my floor and my mentor at the time gave me the following advice right before leaving. She said once, quote, once a week, open the door to your office when they finally give you a um, – once a week when they um, open the door to your office when they finally give you one and place a phone call where you shout a string of expletives in a threatening voice. <laughs> I'm like, wow. who needs my number to do that every week? Because I will help you out. <laughs> I'll be on the other end of the phone. I'll but, cry if you need it. But I mean... Show these men who's boss. It's like... <laughs> and do you think, like, that that actually works? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Then it just... That you need to be... They just need to know that they can't fuck with you. So right. if they hear you screaming at somebody else, they'll think twice about it. It's funny because I, in my heart, I started reading that sentence. And then I was like, the end of the sentence is going to be once a week, leave your door open to your office. <laughs> I swear to God, this is where my heart went. So that they know you're around and available to hear them <laughs> and communicate with them at a hedge fund. <laughs> yeah, you want people walking into your office at a hedge fund. That you believe in a collaborative quality, quality people. That you believe in a collaborative work environment. <laughs> right. The that's, long hallway. That's where I was going with it. Um, that would be great. <laughs> that's awesome. I know. But I and I think and and that's kind of the point of the piece. Which is that we so we've kind of glorified the strong female lead as someone who is beautiful but can kick ass. Um, we don't we don't um, value qu- actual qualities that women might really advance in, like collaborative work, like communication, like listening. Those are not something that you would put in a in a heroine on a show um, and value it. Like we just since the beginning of storytelling, the way storytelling has just been structured from the beginning of time, that's not a th- quality that a hero has, mm-hmm. right? Not in America. N- and, they got to be decisive. They right. got to do they got to like knock down every obstacle, you know. Do you that's... do you feel like in other cultures they've gotten to the point where that's more valued and like a in a straight up like storytelling sense? I have not studied other cultures enough to answer that question. I but... need you to go ahead and study I, I, I would yeah. every other culture. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can I do it on my couch? I'll do it. Come right back. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's funny. Uh, so yeah. when, with, with that with that said, like uh, we talked in another segment about like Elizabeth Warren. Are we applauding her for her performance yesterday because it was more in line with what we would expect from someone that fits this archetype? Or like was the highlight uh, her coming to a peer's defense we and got showing us a empathy. That can do both. That's a woman right there. Yeah. She showed us the kindness of yeah. coming to Amy Klobuchar's defense. She showed us the strength of attacking injustice where she sees it. And she showed us the competence of giving you details about plans because she she can make them. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would argue it, but I don't make any of my plans. Like it's down to like this level of guy. So I definitely shouldn't run for president, but I know that at least as a guy. I wish more guys would acknowledge that as well, including the guys that were on that panel yesterday. Oh my goodness, you're right. I don't make any of my plans. Well, so does so. That's an excellent question, Gaster. Does like someone like Elizabeth Warren? Where I mean. I feel like she's 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 checking all of the boxes like a kind of utopian woman of the future, mm-hmm. a utopian heroine that's of what the it future. Takes. That's yeah. yeah. They're going to write like young adult novels based on a character of her. Mm-hmm. 100%. Now, do you think though that so Gaster you're um an enlightened man? Trying to be. Uh you were not put off by that quality. I was reading I'll go ahead and met Tweets. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> I'll admit oh, it, guys. Were they about somebody being nasty by any chance? Um, and yes, yes, yes. What happened was I read a few tweets that were like, this is, I wanted to just punch everybody, that said, um, I just can't handle Elizabeth Warren's voice. Can you shut her up? She sounds just like Hillary. I swear to God, that was a tweet I read. And I was like, do you hear yourself, sir? Telling on yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And I read that a couple of times about Elizabeth Warren's voice. And again, I 
Her voice is perfectly normal to me. I don't find any problem with her voice, whatever. As someone who gets lots of hate mail about their voice, thank you, Internet. Um, uh, which I've also pointed this out. I've also done like five audiobooks. So like, it's a strange, I'm a, I straddle, you hate that's, the that's voice, form. but you think right, yeah. all of my audiobooks are available wherever audiobooks are. Um, but my point is, um, her voice seems normal to me, but I think it's the fact of speaking. <laughs> yeah, that is what it is. It's the fact of speaking. You and don't then, like the sound of her voice when she talks. And then the okay. other interesting thing is when you look at a Charlize Theron, and bless her heart, I don't fucking know her. She seems like a nice, mm-hmm. nice lady. But you look at a Charlize Theron wielding a gun, she's not saying much. You know? We want the silent type hot lady. She's not like fucking shooting someone and then going out to brunch with her fucking peeps and breaking <laughs> oh, it I wish down. She would. And feel it. I mean, that's a movie I want to watch for the record. <laughs> Me and you are gonna write it. Yeah. <laughs> but that but that's but that's what's interesting, right? Is like um the other thing about the strong female lead is that she's fucking quiet. Mm-hmm. Because she has to be a man. It's just like taking those qualities that we value in male heroes and putting them into a female body. Are you, do you ever find yourselves as comedians and writers like getting stuck in these molds because we've all grown up in the same patriarchy mm-hmm. despite our awareness? Uh, yes. I'm, I think I'm, I just turned 40, so I'm kind of like losing all my fucks. But for, nice. for 20 years, yeah, I've been like, oh, I have to do it this way because otherwise, it, you know, there's no way to get through if you don't follow these particular rules for like what you're allowed to say and do and uh, then I've uh, been around long enough to see that it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> so do what you want. Be yourself. I feel like with stand-up, I mean, I'll say something about like uh, one in dick or not one in mm-hmm. dick or whatever around dick and and wondering if I'm being a feminist or an anti-feminist or um, a heroine of the future or not or (laughs) totally regressive or, you know, I think it's a mindfuck partially because there are no clear paradigms, you know. Um, We we structure our way of thinking around, um, you know, our archetypes. And when you have no archetype um, to kind of like wrap your head around, it, it becomes very, you know, it, you, you're sort of like lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely been in the, in the green room where uh, the comics will say she talks too much about her period while a, a female comic is on stage. And, you know, the, uh, or they'll mention like, oh, I find that uncomfortable or it's not, you know, it's not cool. And I'm like, you, how many comics talk about their dick on stage, you yeah. know, and there. Uh, there's just as many people uncomfortable with that as well. It's just they don't have a chance to say it or voice it. Um, I think that uh, in general, you should be allowed to say what you want. And uh, the challenge is, to your point, finding someone that's done it before. That's kind of why you guys are in a weird space where you have to kind of figure it out on your own and see what what works for you in terms of your voice. But you don't have like an idol to kind of reference that's done it before. Um, it's a curious time, and I think our role as like uh, your male counterparts is just to shut the fuck up and let's see what works. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. You know, like, I'll vote for you because <laughs> just I don't I don't know the answer either. I just know that in general, as a comic, when I try to push the limit of what I can say, it tends to lead to good. I'll make some mistakes along the way, but it tends to lead to the right thing. So I think our female counterparts should be allowed the same freedom. Let's see what works. They don't know the answer either, Mm -hmm. but give them the freedom to find it, you know, and let's observe it. It's so funny because we're still, and it's shocking to me, like as a comic and I fucking see comedy multiple nights a week, um, you know, from on the, the lineups that I'm on. And, it's shocking to me when I'm still shocked by like a woman just brazenly doing like material, like body, like sex material. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I fucking? I've been hearing dudes do this forever. And, uh, and I'm, and it's so it, my point is like, takes so long, even for you yourself, like who might, you might be an enlightened person to like climb out of those ways of thinking, you know? Because you don't want to be dismissed on the basis of what, of like the topic of your material, you know? Right. And it's, people will dismiss you if you make, I don't even have a period joke because I know that people dismiss you, just Me audiences neither. too. Oh that, yeah. You know, I mean, even, even if something has it, ever, like, if something has ever come up in my mind mm-hmm. of like, that's funny, I would, I, I, 
I I'll just say it at brunch. pushed it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah completely. I was like, nope, that'll never be mm-hmm. on stage. Um, it, just, it shouldn't be the only joke that you're judged by. Like, a guy can t- do a 10-minute dick joke. And that won't be the only joke they're remembered for. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the careers of some of the greats were fashioned around like 20 minute jizz like yeah. bits, you know. Um, so it, I <laughs> I just, ladies, where are your fucking 20 minute jizz Let's bits? jizz together. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyways, guys, I, I think everyone should read this piece. I thought it was fantastic. Um, do you guys like this piece? I really loved I it. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Um, and I again, I think you should watch The OA. Okay, all right, all right. Um, and it's got two seasons. So I can check it out. Um, <laughs> now, uh, in addition to all the things I've done. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. All right, you guys. That's the end of the show. How do you feel? Still fired up. I still might not be able to go to sleep tonight. I mean, this is fun. I'm, I'm out here. I'm ready. Yeah. Now, nah, I mean, I'm ready to. I want to bully people with Warren. That's what I want to do. I want to start a fight knowing she got my back. I want to write a rap song with her. Let's go, B. I'm with it. That's my favorite. I want to write a rap song with her. That is exactly what she can do it. I, I know she can. She got bars yeah. the whole time. I was like, oh, she got you, B. Yes, that's exact. That should be her campaign slogan. Like, she'll write a rap song with you, America. Um, all right, you guys. I would love for the people of Fake Nation to be able to follow you and all the things that you do because you're both so fantastic. Gastor Almonte. Yeah, you can find me on all social media at Gastor Almonte. Uh, you could also check out my special on Amazon Prime, Immigrant Made. Free to watch if you got a Prime membership. Immigrant Made. Um, Katie Kampa. I'm at Katie Kampa on everything. K-A-T-I-E-C-O-M as in Mary, P as in Paul, A. And please uh, download or stream my album, Hard Pass. Uh, it's available on all the things. I think it's funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I can only see my Spotify numbers, so if I log in and, and I see people listening, that makes me very happy. But. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. I was at the taping, and it was it's fucking fabulous and fantastic. Thank you, thank you. Um, okay, you guys. Uh, what I really want to do is be able to thank the people here at Fake the Nation. That's uh, our producer, Anita Flores. Our mm. audio engineer, Andy Christens. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps with research. And dear listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your feedback. Topics you think we should be talking about. Guests that you think we should have on. Um, anything you want to tell me, basically, uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or drop us a line at commentsoffakethenation.com. If you like what you hear, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show. That's a real thing, you guys. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs> 